You're listening to the City Lights Podcast. City Lights is a church located in Greenville, South Carolina, devoted to building family, blessing neighbors, and bringing good news to the nations. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for participating in that activity. Um, you never know what kind of participation you're going to get, especially when you lead high schoolers. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, hopefully uh, you, hopefully you shared, you know, why you follow Jesus. Um, I'm sure a lot of it was story-based and, you know, just conversation. How many of you got a little, a little queasy in your stomach when you were asked to do this? Raise your hand high. Anybody queasy? Yep, yep, I get queasy. I get queasy. Cool, cool. Well, um, yeah, that's all I had to share. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. That's it. It's the end of the sermon. Yeah, that's the end of the sermon. Let's go home. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just want to get these words up here. Um, and I, I mean, we may have them, we may not. But um, like I said, this evangelism, I love that we did that exercise. The, the whole point of this this morning is going from a member to a missionary. And that just means like you're not just necessarily a member of the family of God, but you actually become a missionary. And I know uh, the church I grew up in, I remember there would always be these missionaries that would come yes. through a couple times yes. a year, and they'd be like from Guatemala or something or some indigenous village yes. out in Africa, and they would come in, and they would just tell me that I was doing something wrong because <laughs> I was in Greenville. And they were like, if you're not other than South Africa, then you're not doing the gospel. And I was like, okay. you know. And there was just like pressure. Like, yeah oh, gosh, I need to go to South Africa. <laughs> I can't be here because apparently everyone's saved in Greenville. But um, anyways, I, I remember even just doing this, and, and as we're going to continue talking about soon, like for me, thinking about evangelism, that word missionary just becomes like there has to be some sort of point and, hmm. and value as we're talking about, but also a, um, a passion in a way. Hmm. And there has to be this, like we, we've been saying about worth all morning, hmm. Jesus has to be worthy of evangelism, you know? Mm-hmm. He has to be worthy of trying. I mean, we're not selling Christianity, but yeah. of trying to reach people. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'll just read this passage. This is Acts 2. This is what we've been sort of sitting in this whole time. Um, this is Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it just says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. This is the first church ever to be sort of gather um, in unity of, of Christianity back then. Verse 43 says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. This is what we're doing right now. Well, the one thing we have in common is Jesus, as we sit here in this room, which is really cool. Verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. We talked about ministry last week. I love Sheila brought up um, the cup of cold water. If you go to our website right now about our mission partners, um, it's, that's the verse that's up there. That's like, give somebody just a cup of cold water. That's what the good news is, as we're going to talk about today. 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And this is what we're going to be focused on today. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So why is the Lord adding numbers? Now, the whole point, again, I hope you guys don't hear we're talking about evangelism. I'm like, so everybody, the whole point is get them in this room right here. And we'll take it from there. Because <laughs> that's not what it is either. But it's just people were going out and talking about what Jesus had done. They would go out and just share this information. And it wasn't some sort of piece of paper necessarily. They didn't have Bibles back then that they could hand out to people. But it was just, hey, there's this guy named Jesus. You probably heard about him. 
Uh, and he did all this crazy stuff, died on the cross, and he rose again, and then he went back into heaven, and it was wild, but he changed my life. And that was it. And people were like, I want some of that. Let me go get some, <laughs> you know, and they would come and hang out together again in people's homes. It was that simple. Um, the Lord had a number of people were, were, were watering uh, people's lives in a way. Imagine if people's hearts are seeds, you know, you come in and, and you speak about Jesus or you just speak about what he's doing in your life again, not just saying Jesus saves, like that's great and all, but people have no context for that. But if you come in and say, hey, this is what it, what it meant to me, as you just did in this room, when I say that Jesus saves, he saved me, and this is what it looks like. You're planting the seed, and as you begin to continue communicating what that looks like, you're watering that seed. You're, you're bringing life to that seed. Evangelism is very simple. It's not, um, it's not this, I don't know, loud soapbox stage word. That's not what evangelism is. It's not getting up and yelling at people and hoping that they hear what you're saying because at the end of the day, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, it's not on you, right? You're not the one who's saving people right? When you talk to other Christians or, or talk to unbelievers, like I'm not, me being up here, I'm not the one hopefully that's bringing any revelation to you. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing that. The Bible even says that the Father is the one who draws people to himself. We don't do that. We just get to partner with him in doing it. Does that make sense? And that's just, I think that's just as simple it is, as it is. But anyways, what I wanted to talk about with you, Andre, part of it was yeah. what does evangelism mean to you and why is it good news to you and not bad news? Yeah. Uh, when I think about evangelism, I think about two people, and they're very different people. So I actually, my grandparents were missionaries, and so I was like, my grandparents were missionaries, my parents were missionaries, so I was like a missionary kid. I was born in Brazil. And so like missionary, like that kind of stuff was very like hot in our family. Um, but anyways, so my grandpa, he was in Brazil with his wife, my grandma, for like 55 years planting churches. So it's pretty impressive, you know, like not many people stay in, in another country that's not their home country for that long being a missionary, planting churches. And so um, my grandpa is one of those people, and I think of like, what does it mean to be a missionary? He's one of those people. And the reason why he's one of those people is because he, even today, like he's, he's retired, you know, here in the States, and um, he just integrates God in conversation with God in everything that he does. With everybody he meets, um, he's always thinking about, like, does this person know Jesus? And how can I talk to this person about Jesus? And he does it in more traditional ways. Like, you know, he's, he's 80 years old. So he's not like, like, tell me your story. You know, he's not like our generation where we're, like, super story-based and, and stuff like that. But he's just, he just cares about people, and he loves people, and he wants people to know Jesus. And so he's going to, you know, ask them the questions like, where are you going to go if you, if you die today? You know, like those kind of like classic, you know, kind of evangelism questions you think of. Um, and so he's, he's one of those people. He just, he has learned to integrate God in everything he does, whether he's at the grocery store, at the gas station, at home, at church. He's talking to people about Jesus. And he has, you know, he's brought thousands of people into the kingdom. Thousands. He's planted 12 churches in Brazil. And those... Churches are sending out missionaries all over the world, and he cares about the gospel and people coming into relation with Jesus. So he's one of those people, when I think about the word missionary, he's like the iconic like, person like I would think about. Um, and then the second person is very different, and he's my best friend, Thomas Brush, and he is a video game designer. He makes indie games and makes incredibly artistic, beautiful games, 
And he integrates the gospel, integrates Jesus and, and Jesus' message into his games. And he influences thousands of people through these games. And so it's a totally different way of influencing people with Jesus, but it's still such a powerful way. So just, what I, I guess when I think about the, the more and more I think about the gospel and evangelism and what does it look like, I think, I think about it just, it's, it's integrating Jesus into everyday life, you know, integrating what he's done in you, what he's doing in you, and everything that you do, whether it be making games or whether you're a full-time pastor or whether you work at a grocery store or whether you work wherever, it's integrating Jesus into your life, and it's, it's simple, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you allow him to just do that in you and integrate, you integrate Jesus into your life, then you're not trying to make it, you know, some, some event, you know, it's just part of your everyday life, and that's what people are hungry for, they're, they're hungry to see Jesus in your life, and they notice that, so, and it's good news because the gospel really does change people, and it brings people from death to life, and that's good news, you know, that the gospel of Jesus Christ really does bring about real change, and people want to be changed, um, and people need to be changed, and so, yeah. That's great. I mean, I, I even thought, as you were saying, talking about the video games, like, I know for me, as, as we talked about ministry and, and different things in this church, even when it comes to just serving in here, like, mm-hmm. I'm not just like, hey, you're an able body, why don't you come do setup at 630 in the morning, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Because people, that's not how we're wired. We all have giftings, and we all have personalities, mm-hmm. and we yeah. all have things we care about and things that we're good at, and and I think God wants to use that. I don't mm-hmm. think that there's, we, we can't put God in this box that mm-hmm. says, like, I will only be seen this way or yeah. I will only be received this way because that's not how it works, you yeah. know? It's however you feel him gifting you and calling you to do so, and mm-hmm. I think that's so valuable. I know for me, um, when I think about evangelism, how it's good news and not bad news, mm-hmm. um, I know, I thought, I talked to you about this on the phone yesterday, mm-hmm. but two things I thought of, one of which was for an unbeliever, it's good news just because of what you said. Like, it's the gospel. It's mm-hmm. death to life. Mm-hmm. It's um, being broken, being unsatisfied, being without, mm-hmm. uh, being unfulfilled. And Jesus comes and fills that. Yeah. And he gives you everything you need, you know, and mm-hmm. not being so stressed and worried about things in your mm-hmm. life because he's got you, you yeah. know. Like, that's the gospel, and that's yeah. the good news that I want to bring to people. Mm-hmm. But even for a believer, when I think about the act of evangelism, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what's the good news in that? That seems like a lot of pressure, and I'm <laughs> freaked out. I'm an introvert through and uh, through. So I'm uh, like, I can barely talk to the people in this room. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm horrified of people. But to, to go out and to, to preach to someone my story and my gospel mm-hmm. story, as we'll talk about in a minute, um, I told you this yesterday, and, and I'm so grateful the Lord revealed this to both of us, but just how for the good news for a believer is that the pressure's off. Mm-hmm. And now when it comes to us sharing the story of the gospel, it's really just sharing your story, mm-hmm. that it's not sharing something that's just in the Bible. It's not just pulling out, well, you know, John 3.16 says this, and blah, 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 because yeah. it's like, that's cool, but like, why, you know? Yeah. I remember like, Harrison came down here, and you're like, yeah, but what's your gospel story? You know, yeah. like, what's Jesus doing in your life? Why do you love Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a poignant question, and it takes this pressure off, because all I have to do now is express myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I write music, I love art, and like mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about art and music is that it's just an expression. Mm-hmm. You can like it, not like it, but I'm just telling you who I am and how I am. Yeah. And that's easy and that's simple because you're not trying to prove something to somebody. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to, because the, the gospel truth doesn't need proving. Mm-hmm. Jesus already proved it. Mm-hmm. And so for us, the good news is like we don't have to come out and prove the cross. Yes. Jesus already did it, right? Yes. And I just think that's, that's so, so good. 
Yeah. Um, bringing good news to every neighbor and nation, um, like I said before, is it's because every member of God is a missionary. Yeah. Um, we have some words up here, and I asked Andre to look over these words. I'd love for you mm-hmm. to share, but we've done this every week. There's examples and there's mm-hmm. not examples um, when we think of evangelism. I'm just going to read through this list um, real quick of the examples and non-examples. Examples of healthy evangelism um, is listening to people. It's loving people. It's having a, a godly authority about you. It's, it's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, sharing story. Um, Jesus talks about being salt and light in a dark world. Um, it's about conviction. It's about relational um, or relationship and having conversations I'm doing something out of a work of God. Like, it's something that God's doing, not that we're doing, right? Non-example would be um, exclusive. I have a box, and you have to walk into my box. Um, if you don't fit in this box, so sorry, but it's just how it's going to be. Um, it's judgmental. It's casting judgment on people who aren't like you, who don't think like you, believe like you do. Um, it's insecurity. Um, it's condemnation. It's transaction. It's scripted wisdom of man. It's all this, like... And all those words are stressful to me, right? Mm. They give me anxiety when I look at them because it's like I have to work, I have to toil, I have to mm. trouble for all of this. And that's not, I don't think that's God. The Bible says that God is love, right? And I don't know mm. how much love is in a lot of those words. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. why don't you just share the words that stick out to you? Yeah, I think, I think the non, I'll start with the non-example. I think the non-example was just insecurity. Um, I just, you know, just super scared to, to share about Jesus, like growing up in high school and in college, um, more in high school. I remember in high school, I'd share a little, have a little Bible in the back of my pocket. And I don't even know why, like, I put the Bible in my back of my pocket. I just felt like I was supposed to because I was a Christian and I was going to public school. And, like, I don't know, but I was terrified to talk to anybody about Jesus. And I'm still, like, it still, like, gives me, like, little little shakies and, and shakies in my heart. And so just a story to, like, kind of represent insecurity. And, and then I want to use the word power um, as one that represents it in, in another way. Um, there was a time when, when I, I was newly married. Jen and I were kind of like living close to downtown in this little duplex, and I rode my bike down to one of those picnic shelters in, in Falls Park, and I was riding my bike down there because I was like, Lord, I just want to spend time with you. Like, I just want some alone time just with you, nobody else. And, and I was like, but if, if there's someone you want me to talk to, then, you know, make it evident type thing, you know, it's like kind of like the end of my prayer, like if you want me to talk to somebody, because I, I don't really like talking to strangers, I'm not that kind of guy. Um, but if you were ever in public with Andre, you'd be sitting here going like, come on, dude, like you can't even go out with this guy without him talking to like 15 people that he doesn't know. Yeah, but it, it makes me nervous every time. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things like Jesus uses our weaknesses, you know, and he uses things that we're not comfortable with to expand his kingdom. So anywho, so I, I go, I get, I ride my bike, you know, to this picnic shelter, and I'm like, I get there, and I'm like, oh, there's no one there. And then lo and behold, there's a sneaky person, like, laying on a bench. And I was like, oh, no, someone's here. Like, I'm probably supposed to talk to them. Like, the Lord wants me to talk to them. Oh, no. And I start, like, you know, like, putting this, like, pressure on me. Like, I got to talk to them, and I don't know what I'm going to say. How do I start the conversation? I don't know. I don't know. And so, like, this is back in the day um, when I used to smoke cigars. And so I had this cigar with me that I was, gonna, like, going to smoke and hang out with Jesus and uh, that was what I used to do. That was, that was a while back. Um, anywho, um, and so I'm just thinking, like, how am I going to start this conversation with this guy? I don't really want to. I don't want to do this. And I'm just thinking about that, and 
And I'm like, okay, just, you know, I told God there's a person, there's one person, this is the guy. Like, this, there's no one else here. I'm probably supposed to talk to him. Like, I need to go talk to him. And because I felt like, you know, the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to, like, go and talk to this person. You know, I, I felt that. Like, I felt like I should do this. Um, and so I somehow, like, started a conversation with him. I was like, I think I said, like, hey, does smoking bother you or something like that? I don't know. And... Um, you know, it's just funny what the Lord can use. And so <laughs> he, you know, we start up this conversation, and I just, I'm, just, I'm like a person who just asks questions and listen. I don't talk too much. And the guy was just sharing his story and sharing what he was up to and stuff like that and sharing his life. And then at the end of it, he was like, okay, like, what about you? Like, share me your story. And when someone asks me that, I'm going. You know, I'm going <laughs> for the gospel. I'm going. Because he's changed me. Like, he really has changed me. And he keeps changing me. And he's done some real things in my life. And he keeps doing really real things in my life. And so, I, like, I want to talk about that because he's powerful and he does incredible things in people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just start sharing with him my story and how God has done in, in powerful things. Like, I grew up in the church. This, this guy had kind of grown up in the church, too. And so we had some similarities. And, and, and then I talked about, like, and then one day, like, I really met Jesus, and, I, and I, I knew him, like, in a deeper level, and I, you know, I started talking about, like, intimacy with God and relationship and how he's done X, Y, and Z in my life and, and how he's just changing me from the inside out, and it's just so incredible because it really is. Like, when you start thinking about what he's done in your life, it's incredible, and, you, you know, like, hopefully you want to share that with people when you give them the opportunity, and the guy is just, like, at the end of it, he's like, man, like, that, that's awesome. And I, and I asked him at the end, I was like, hey, you know, a great, a great thing you can just ask people, what I've learned is like, hey, can I pray for you? You know, is there just a way that I can pray for you and bless you right now? And so at the end of it, I just asked if I could pray for him. And he's like, yeah, you know, most people don't deny you, don't deny if you want to, you know, pray for somebody. Most people receive that. And so I prayed for him and I just invited, you know, like we were talking about, like, it's not our work, like the Holy Spirit does the work. And I just honestly, all I said was like, Holy Spirit, would you come? And work in this guy. And, and we just invited the Holy Spirit to come and do his thing. And at the end of the prayer, the guy was like, man, I really felt something. Like, I literally felt something. And I was like, yeah, that was the Holy Spirit. He's like, I know, it wasn't you. And so, like, <laughs> any, any here, like, the Lord is powerful. Like, that's what I learned in that, in that story. It's like, I used to be like, I don't know, God's not going to do anything. Like, he's not going to show up. And I, I, I can't talk about God because he's not really going to show up and do something powerful. But he does do powerful things. Like, he, he heals people. Like, if someone's, like, you know, having a shoulder, like, an issue with their shoulder. Like, I used to be a painter, and now I'm a teacher. But when I was painting, I would go into the paint store. And you just listen to somebody, and they're like, hey, man, my, sh- my shoulder. Like, I, I pulled out my shoulder from doing whatever. And you just say, well, like, Jesus is a healer. So why don't I just pray for this person and see if Jesus will heal him? And so you, you just little stuff like that. God's power shows up, and people experience God's power. And they want to know Jesus more. And so that's one thing I've learned is I'm super insecure about certain things. But once I get over that fear and step, in, and step into what God is wanting me to do, then a lot of times I see his power show up if I'm, you know, if I'm inviting that. And so, mm-hmm. anyhow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like that passage. I can't remember if it's First Timothy or Second Timothy. But I think we all are probably familiar with it. But it's the one that says he can give you spirit of fear, yeah. of power and self-control. And yeah. I love that it's like, the power within you, the yeah. spirit gives you the power. Yeah. Insecurity is on the outside, you know, but yeah. like you said, pushing through that, there's 
power and self-control in there for you to to be present, be aware in the moment. I love that. I know for me, like, I I kind of resonate with the same words. I mean, I love wisdom of man and work of God Hmm. because um, I'm a a very um, heady guy. I I love learning. Hmm. You know, I, I love reading books and you know, really boring commentaries on scripture and stuff. Uh-huh, <laughs> like I just uh-huh. read that stuff front to back and, <laughs> and it's fun for me. And, and honestly, I find a lot of worship in God, but I've noticed like when you get out there with a homeless guy who just wants some ribs from, you know, Carolina <laughs> Alehouse, like, well, you know, like the Bible commentary doesn't really help, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And there's just a sense of just being present. I remember one time, um, my mom, for example, she, she's not a believer, but she, called me, this was years ago, and, and she's talking to me, she was in a relationship with a guy, and it wasn't healthy at all, and mm. I remember she's just, you know, telling me all this stuff, and she's like, he's like this, and doing this, and like that, and doing this, and um, I felt just a kind of a tug from the mm. Holy Spirit in just this moment of, like, bring some wisdom here, like, mm. I maybe had been married for, like, three months, mm. and it was yeah. kind of this weird, like, I'm about to give, like, relationship advice to, like, my 60-year-old mom, <laughs> you know, what's about <laughs> to happen here, um, but anyways, I, I just started talking, and, and started talking about things like grace, mercy mm. and showing compassion and like seeking to understand somebody it was all this stuff that's very biblical but i wasn't coming at it with this like well you know mom and romans mm. chapters you know it wasn't yeah. like that um i just started talking and it became this like kind of counseling moment with me and my mom and you know we talked for hours and at the end of the conversation she was like where'd you where'd you understand all that like where, wow. how do you know all that yeah. and like it just was just like here we go yeah. <laughs> the plug um, <laughs> but seriously i just was like God. Uh-huh. I said, because Jesus is like this. Hmm. I was like, I, I've, I've spent so much time in the Bible hmm. and in my relationship with him, and he's only shown me these things, and it's helped me navigate my relationships this way, mm-hmm. and it works, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard, and, you know, talked about humility and selflessness and, like, mm-hmm. all this hard gospel stuff, you know, mm-hmm. not the nice, sweet, full grace, mercy stuff. It was like the you go low and, like, mm-hmm. lay your life down for someone mm-hmm. else, you know, and, like, get yeah. over how you feel and, like, all that other stuff. And my mom, at the end of it, I remember she just said, um, you know, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I've ever believed in God. She's like, but this is the closest I've ever come. Wow. And we're wow. still making, I mean, that was years ago and we've yeah. made maybe like two baby steps forward from there. Wow. Yeah. But that's like a low uh-huh. and slow, like discipleship with not uh-huh. a disciple of Jesus, yeah. you know, yeah. but, but that's something I just saw where it was just being obedient and knowing like my wisdom in the moment mm-hmm. didn't matter. But his power in me mattered a ton. Mm. And when he chose to work, and I got out of my insecurity, and I just said yes to him and obeyed, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit moved in a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And even now my mom, like, still, she's figuring Jesus out, which is really cool. Like, yeah. it's not a denial. It's just, like, she's one of those people that's really funny. She's like, there's a God out there. I'm going to have a big conversation with him when I get up there or whatever. Like, you know, but it's like, okay, cool. And then uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and here yeah. we go. And I just think that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I love that. I think all of that boils down to your gospel story. I mean, you, mm. you said that earlier, and that's what we shared, that little five-minute time was you having a gospel story. Who is mm-hmm. Jesus to you? Mm-hmm. What is the gospel to you? Not if you read the Bible, what would the gospel be? Um, I remember, I can't remember who it was, but years ago, someone asked me, like, hey, do you know the gospel? Hmm. And I went, yeah, of course. Like, Jesus, and that was my, Jesus <laughs> is the gospel. Okay, right, but, like, what is the gospel? Mm. And, like, there's these these points. I mean, the gospel is less than just, you know, the cross, but it's like, why was there the cross? Okay, well, then mm. who is Jesus? Why do you have to come and be a man? You know, like, mm. there is all this sort of theological yeah. understanding of what the gospel is, but it's understanding that you're a part of that story mm-hmm. and letting that gospel story come alive in you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you understand, like, this is 
part of my challenge to you today. Do you understand the creation and about how God mm. was good and how he mm -hmm. loved people so much that he created them and created all that we see around us? Do you understand the fall of man mm. with Adam and Eve? Do you understand how sin came into the world and what disobedience looks like? Mm -hmm. Do you understand salvation, that Jesus is the only way um, to reach salvation in the Father? Do you get that? Do you understand that? And then redemption, redemption having grace through faith. Mm -hmm. Like Those are easy words that you can jump onto, but just I would encourage you, if you haven't, like just kind of... Mm. Jump through the Bible a little bit and start to understand mm -hmm. why. You mm -hmm. understand that? Because like this whole thing, if you don't have a why, if you don't have a value of like, but this is why, yeah. I'd be scared in that spot. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'd be sure. worried. And I'm not telling you to be scared or worried, but like if you don't understand the why behind your, your obedience to God and your worship to God, then I would encourage you to go check it out because without that why, evangelism doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk yeah. about it a little bit, but what, if you could just give us, yeah. I mean, take as much time as you want, but your gospel story, what would be your testimony, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it fluctuates and changes as you like, kind of like grow up in Jesus and stuff like that. But, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, you know, and, and I knew all the facts and I knew all the, all the duties and all the right things to say and to do and stuff like that. You know, my parents were missionaries, you know, and so I don't, I don't ever remember having that one moment where, like, I, quote-unquote, accepted Jesus into my heart. But I do know that I was stuck in a lot of sin, even in the midst of being a Christian and going to church. And, and I, I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I needed help. And, um, but I think what I tell people was, like, I... Uh, I didn't know the power of Jesus. I didn't know the, the power of the gospel until I was, I think, 18 or 19 when, you know, I was, like, life kind of fell apart. You know, we, a lot of us have our, like, our low moments in life, and it was just one of those low moments in life when I just felt like I was falling apart, like I was crying myself to sleep a lot at night and was just super depressed and down. And Jesus met me in that moment, you know, he met me in that very low place, and he picked me up, and he, and he, he had to be stern with me because I grew up in the church, and so I, I had kind of like done all the right things type thing, but I didn't have a real relationship with him. And so my gospel story to people usually is Jesus doesn't want us to just do the right things. He wants to be in an intimate relationship with him. And when I was 19 or 18 is when I really encountered that intimate relationship. And that's when my life really started changing. And that's when I really feel like I started following Jesus. The first thing that Jesus ever spoke to my spirit, where I really felt it deep in my spirit, is from the scriptures, but it was a time when I wasn't in the scriptures. He spoke to me and said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And it was a, it's, a, it's marked me ever since then because I realized that I did not love Jesus because I was not being obedient to Jesus and I wasn't actually seeking to follow him. I was just having lip service to him. You know, I'd come to church, do the thing, blah, 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 blah. Looked great on the outside, but my heart was corrupted. And it was full of nasties and dirties. And, uh, um, and so that's kind of like the gospel story I tell people is like, Jesus is just wanting deep intimacy with his children. He wants your heart. He wants all of you. And he wants intimacy with you. And you can actually, like, talk to him, and he can speak back, and you can hear his voice, and you can have a relationship with him just as intimate or more intimate than, like, me and my wife, you know? And so that's what I try to communicate to somebody, whether they're seven years old or whether they're 50 years old or, you know, older. Like, 
Jesus wants intimacy with us. And I, I share that through my story, you know, so, yeah. It's so good. I know for me, like, I've shared this before. You guys know I got saved three times and baptized three times. <laughs> Getting some extra um, credit with the Lord. But, um, no, but I remember I, the way I grew up, again, like, I, I brought up the why. Like, I just didn't have a why mm. growing up. I grew up in church as well, and didn't have a why, just had a do, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, you should, why wouldn't you, because there's hell, why wouldn't you want to go to hell, you know, it's a terrible place, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, good, I'm in, yeah. sign me up, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was never this, like, relationship moment where I was, like, it felt like God was very distant, and, like, mm-hmm. he was very, like, very far away, mm-hmm. and just, I was kind of here in line to kind of mm-hmm. keep my head down, and I remember, I've shared it before, but just hearing, a worship song for the first time, I think it was How He Loves, and just understanding, wait, He loves me? Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. You hear about grace, and you hear about mercy, you hear about mm-hmm. kindness, but it was all disconnected. It was like this little bubble of like, well, this is how He feels, but, mm-hmm. you know, but He just doesn't want you to go to hell, so just say yes. And hearing that song, and just really then digging into Scripture, and, mm-hmm. and going like, oh, wait, there's a lot about love in here. Mm-hmm. And just knowing like, but He, he doesn't like, he doesn't want you to be separate from him. Yeah. You know, Old Testament especially. Like, yeah. there's all these moments where you can look at God and be like, man, he just was so distant. It's like, no, man, we distance ourselves mm-hmm. from him, you know? Yeah. And understanding, like, he doesn't want it that way. And so mm-hmm. I, I know for me, just encountering that love for mm-hmm. real and yeah. going, they're, like, the pressure's coming off. That was mm-hmm. the beginning of the pressure coming off and yeah. going, Jesus is like, I don't need you to prove anything to me, mm-hmm. man. Like, I just, I have better for you because I love you. And I'm willing to give that to you Mm -hmm. um, through intimate relationship, through conversation and through, you know, prayer and and all that, all that stuff. And so I know for me, that's, that's sort of my go-to. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, man, like I feel valued in him. I feel Mm -hmm. approved. You know, I struggled so much with approval and Mm -hmm. and, um, satisfaction, just wanting to be like someone liked me and loved me, Mm -hmm. you know, and finding that in Jesus. And that's what I tell people whenever I get a chance to, I'm just like, no, but. You don't feel like anyone cares about you? Like, yeah. he does, I promise, because he cares about me, and mm-hmm. I know he does. And yeah. that's, my, that's my message, you know, that's my yeah. word that I bring to people. Mm. And I've just seen, like, how God can and does do incredible things. Just yeah. through, And that's all it is. You know, we have our whys. It's our why. Why? Because, like, I find value in him, and he mm-hmm. finds value in me. He says, I like you, Timothy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, as silly as that sounds, yeah. like, when I become that child to him, he goes... I think you're funny, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I like you. I like uh-huh. your hair up in a half uh-huh. bun, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so anyways, I just want to encourage you guys to think about what is my gospel story? What yeah. is the story that I have to tell? Because yeah. that's that's your evangelism mm-hmm. moment and your yeah. your your vehicle, I guess that's we could good. say. Um, yeah. So, again, trying to get a little more practical. I have, like, three more little questions I want to yeah. ask you. Um, the first one, I have words up here. It's listen, love, and lead. And these, these are kind of three words to, to anchor us in, like, how can I bring evangelism into my life? Love, Listen to people, love people, and lead people. Yeah. That's really how we can do it. Um, as far as listening, how has the Holy Spirit helped you listen to the gospel story in someone else? So you have your story. Yeah. Where do you hear, or how is it that you're able to hear what God's doing in someone else's heart? Yeah, I think, you know, just just listen. You know, when you listen to somebody... Like, really listening, you get a framework of where they're at. You know, they're going to talk. They're going to talk about, you know, depression or anxiety or great things or sad things or if they go to church, if they don't go to church. You know, like, people share their heart, and you just listen. And when you listen, you, you say, okay, okay, this person is going through this. Okay, 
and from that place, you start asking the Lord, okay, what, what do you want me to do to come alongside this person, you know? So it's just as simple as listening to people, you know? That's not hard. Um, as far as loving people, how do we show people we share the gospel out of love and not legalism? Which legalism, I don't know if everyone is familiar with that mm. word, but legalism is just law. It's just like, it's how we grew up a lot. Christianity was laws. It was like, mm. follow these rules. Mm. Um, how do we move more in love and, not, and less out of that, that law-abiding yeah. kind of way? Yeah. I think, you know, there's probably a lot of different answers to that question. Um, but I think for me... I, I notice for myself, the more that I am in, in the love of God and in his, you know, uh, allowing his love to saturate my heart and allowing his love to fill my heart, then what I have in my heart to give is love. And so for me, what I'm learning is the more and more I spend time in his presence and with him, the more and more he fills my heart with love. So in those moments when I need love to give, which is, you know, we always need love to give then it's there, you know, it's available because I've spent time with him and he's filled me with his love. And so it's, you know, it's kind of more abstract. It's not very practical, but like be with him. He'll fill your heart with love and then you'll have love to share. You, know? you kind of talked about earlier, but as far as leading, how have you shared the gospel in a way that someone understood? I mean, you talked about the guy at the, yeah. at the park, but can you think of anything else? That... Yeah, I, I think, you know, like in my school, I used to, I'm a teacher, like, I've gone back and forth between teaching and not teaching and stuff like that, but when I used to teach at Southside High School, um, there, there are kids in my classroom who did not know Jesus and did not have a relationship with Jesus, and so um, I would just, you know, you kind of build relationships with people, you know, whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, like, you tend to, like, gravitate towards certain people at your work, and so my work happens to be around students a lot, and so... Uh, you kind of build close relationships with people. And when, you, when I felt like, okay, I'm at a place where I, I can speak into these kids' lives in a deeper kind of way, in a, in a Christian kind of way, in a Jesus kind of way, then I would ask the questions like, I would just be, I'm pretty blunt sometimes. And I would just be like, man, why don't you have a relationship with Jesus? You know, and I would, I would just have this question. They'd be like, I don't know. And I would like, and we would just, we would talk about Jesus, and I would, they would tell me why they don't have a relationship with Jesus, or, and then I would be like, hey, like, you know, share my story or whatever, and, and there was times where I would pray with kids in my classroom to receive Jesus, because you just have those conversations, and, um, you, you know, everyone's different, and God uses our personalities, but my personality is more straightforward sometimes, and so I just kind of point the gun and shoot, and... Uh, and it works out sometimes. Sometimes, it, you know, people don't like the straightforward method sometimes, and so it doesn't work out the best. Like, but uh, you can tend to offend people, which, you know, happens. But, yeah, so just um, to boil it down, I think just getting, building, the, building that relationship with somebody and then getting over, like, the, just making that hurdle into the Jesus conversation, you know, and, and jumping into that. Um, when you feel like you've built that kind of relational equity, or even if you haven't, you know, sometimes the Lord, like like the guy at the park, you know, I had no relational equity with him. I just listened to him, which builds relational equity in a sense, and then you can you can jump in, you know, and and it works out too that way. So that's wonderful, man. Um, there's two things, and we're gonna have an intentional question at the end. But uh, what we've been doing the past couple of weeks is figuring out, like, what these values look like, not only here mm. at our church, but, like, at home when you're not here on a Sunday morning one time out of the week. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. obviously here 
in church. It's a little more broad on how we as a church want to share the gospel. And as small as it is here on a Sunday morning, from time to time, you guys will probably notice, but at the end of services, we like to give a gospel moment. And it's where we just read this statement on the screen that just says, this is the gospel. And it covers all those things, creation, fall, salvation, redemption. And it's just saying, if this is you, if you want this, come and get it, man. We got plenty of it, <laughs> you know? And it's that easy and simple. It's an invitation. It's not a demand. It's not um, an offense. It's a as Jesus said, like, come to yeah. me, come and see um, and understand. And then um, we also have the way that you would do at home in your own family. Uh, I know being at men's lunch, for example, mm. every Thursday has been so great. Those waiters and waitresses know Oliver so well mm. and know me somewhat well because I'm there like every other week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but either way, he's built relationship with these strangers, people that he would never see outside of that restaurant, but because he's there every single Thursday. Yeah. These people know his name. They know Kyra, even though Kyra doesn't know them. You know, they're like, how's Kyra doing? You know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How are your kids? And yeah. like, that's him building a relationship mm -hmm. with people who, whether we know it or not, I mean, they're probably not believers, you know, mm -hmm. and that's an easy way. So I would just say being in your own family, figuring mm -hmm. out, you know, do I need to go stand on the street corner? Do, no, probably not. I mean, <laughs> if you feel the Lord leading you, go do it. If you need to go read at the park, go read at the park. <laughs> but having some sort of rhythm where you're in an environment with mm -hmm. unbelievers consistently because what's not going to happen is people aren't going to get reached by you just saying one thing and leaving. Mm. There has to be some sort of consistency where you build trust, you build relational equity. So just running into those people constantly mm -hmm. can do a massive work yeah. from the Holy Spirit. I think that's yeah. incredible. Um, and lastly, I'd love for you to answer this. And you guys can take a picture of this or write it down. This is our intentional question. What is your gospel story, which you've already given? Mm -hmm. And what are the gospel stories around you? So, like, can you give an example maybe? Or can you think of anyone around you right now mm. that God is doing something in that mm. you are um, moving forward in, I guess? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'm kind of, like, in job transition. So, like, the people I was around more are now changing. And so I think for me right now, I've started working, like this past week was my first week in, in the classroom again, kind of in the school system. And what I'm learning to do and what I'm trying to do um, is just every morning, like, Lord, highlight, highlight people that you want me to talk with, highlight people that you want me to listen to. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying right now, I'm kind of like in just like my, uh, like probing or like scouting out kind of like mentality of like okay like lord who are the people that you're highlighting for me and i've i've felt him highlight different people and i still have i haven't had like any profound any kind of conversation with, i haven't even really had one-on-one -on -one conversations with any of the ones that people of the people like the lord's highlighted with me but um i'm looking forward to those conversations and i'm praying about those conversations and i'm asking god about those people and um so right now i'm just kind of like just in the mode of listening and listening to what God wants to do around these people in, in the schools. Yeah, yeah. I know for me it's my mom. You know, it's mm. the first person I think of. My mom and I have been, especially as I've, you know, grown in my faith in God and, and grown in my marriage and become a father, you know, like there's just so much that can come in between us mm -hmm. that's like, Lord, we're just so different, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if there's anything I can do, but then like those moments like I shared three years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and then even recently I had coffee with my mom and, and mm -hmm. just had these, these gospel moments that are just mm -hmm. like, she's not praying any prayer and she's, you know, any of that. Mm -hmm. But even last time she was like, hey, I'm, I'm praying more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, who are you praying to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's like, I, you know, I, th I think I'm talking to God and I think he's hearing me. And yeah. it's like, 
what? You know, yeah. that's crazy. I don't even yeah. understand that, you know, yeah. but like, it's such a cool place to be. And mm -hmm. those are the things that, you know, notice those because I think, you know, Jesus does say his, his yoke is easy, his mm -hmm. burden is light. So I don't think that should be this toil of evangelizing. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be this, this burden that besets you, that you feel so, I'm having to event. Like, no, like mm. just share your story with people who want to hear it. Mm. You know, because there are people out in the world that want to hear your story. So yeah. we're low on time. We're going to close with worship, but I think we're going to pause right there. But I would love, if you would, Andre, to pray for us. Yeah. But before we do that, I totally missed giving because mm. I'm juggling a hundred things up here. Yes. Somebody pray for me. Andre, pray for me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Cairo was here. I was like, my support. But anyways, um, yeah, we can run giving real quick if the giving team is ready to do so, um, but if you would, man, as we're doing giving, um, pray for evangelism for our church. Yeah. Um, pray for evangelism in our own lives. Yeah. But also just for our city, man. Like yeah. I, I've run into contact with so many people who are church leaders lately, mm. and we've just been talking about the idea of unity, you know, mm. and how how big of a deal that is. And if there's a church united, mm. or church is united, mm -hmm. for the sake of the gospel, and not to get people out of hell but to bring people into eternal life now, mm -hmm. that's a massive movement, man. Yeah. And I think we can really see a city change, and that's part of what we want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, We want to see our city change for the gospel. Yeah. So anyways, if you could pray for giving, pray yeah. for all that stuff, and then, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we'll go ahead and just start passing the giving baskets. Um, and Lord, we just thank you for the giving, and we thank you that you provide all that we need. Um, and I just want to just ask you guys, as I step into prayer, just... If you feel, if you, in your heart, when you think about sharing faith, you know, sharing your faith or talking to people about Jesus, whether it be in your family or in your business or at home, um, and you kind of just feel like an insecurity or fear, if you would just raise your hand if you have that feeling, because I have that feeling. And so if you would just raise your hand if you feel that way sometimes, like, I don't want to share the gospel because I'm scared of what people are going to say, I'm scared of what people are going to do, I'm scared of... God's not going to come through, or X, Y, and Z, okay? Um, and we're just going to pray, um, and if you just have your arms open out, if, if you feel like that's you, just to, as a posture to receive, because I just really believe that God wants to instill courage in our hearts. He wants to, he's given us a spirit of boldness to not be afraid. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd press that, your spirit of boldness into these people's lives, into my life, that we would be courageous, that we would move through fear, through insecurity, and be courageous, because courage isn't not having fear, it's moving through fear, and so I just ask that you'd give each and every person in here just the courage to move fear, through fear, through insecurity, and I just ask that you'd bless this room, that we would be people who hear people and listen and recognize your voice that's moving and doing things and just partnering with you, God, that we would be courageous to partner with you with those people in our lives that we need to partner with, that we need to bring the gospel to. And uh, I just ask for the city, God, that this city would be transformed by the people in this room, by the people in other churches, that we would be a courageous church, that we would not stand on the sidelines, but that we would partner with you, God, in what you're wanting to do in this city, that you would give us visions and dreams of people that we don't even know, that we can partner with to bring your good news, your gospel, and that you would do mighty works, mighty works through our hands and through our feet, that we would have the feet just, just with the gospel ready just to go, 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 go. And uh, we just thank you that you're good and that you love us and that you love to partner with us. 
You love to do mighty works through your children. And uh, we bless your name, God. We ask this, Jesus, in your name and your authority. Amen. Amen. You guys give a hand for Andre, man. That was great. Thanks again for joining us. If you have been encouraged or challenged by this message, please give us feedback by leaving a comment on this podcast. For more information on our church, visit us at www.citylights.cc.